get, right? Well, before last week, Pastor Melissa was here last week. Thank you, Pastor Melissa, for filling in. Um, I, didn't do, I don't normally do my spring break when everybody else goes on spring break because then what happens is there might not be a worship pastor or, or the main pastor or the children's pastor, you know. Like so, so Todd and I always make it a priority to always be here when the kids are on spring break and Easter time and all that. And so we took our Florida vacation with our kids. We were so fortunate to be able to do that um, this year. We went just down for a long weekend for a few nights, so that's why I wasn't here last week, but Pastor Melissa was. But the week before that, I started a series called Speak to It. And we looked in the scriptures where Jesus talked about speaking to the mountain, right? And if you have faith, you can move mountains. Well, there's other areas in the word where Jesus spoke to things. And one of them was lack. Am I the only person in the world that's ever had lack, right? Sometimes it's lack of peace. <laughs> but most of the time when we think of lack, we think of lack of resources or finances or um, things like that. Well, I, you know, I, I often uh, tell people about, you know, the roof. Most of you have heard the story about the roof, the roof on the other side of the church there, that building over there was built in 1884, and, and uh, there's a little bell tower on the one side of it, and up at the top of the bell tower is this teeny tiny room. It's probably, what, maybe eight foot by eight foot? Maybe it's even smaller than that, because I feel like I, on the one side I can reach across, my fingertips will touch, so I'm about five foot two, so it's just a tiny little bell tower, but it's got a door on it, and so we have our offices up there, and when we first moved in the building, the, that room was the, the worst. I mean, we cleaned a lot of rooms, we painted a lot of rooms, but this bell tower had a leak, didn't have any carpet. Um, the plaster was, there's all these holes. I don't know, they must have had shelves in there or something. So where they had, had the anchors, somebody just like ripped all the shelves out. So there's just holes all over the walls. And it was just kind of a mess, you know. And I said, this is my office. This is perfect. This is the perfect little room for my office. And the pastor before, he had this great big office on the main part, you know, and, and I said, I don't want an office that big, because I'll be honest with all of you, because you all know I'm not perfect, right? I'm kind of a mess, messy, messy person, like my office, like, you know, stuff will start to stack up. And I just thought, if you give me a room that's 20 by 10, and I got to keep it clean, like that's going to be a full-time job in itself. So give me the tiny, tiny little room that's already got a leaky roof, and the walls are all messed, so that way if I... You know, because I'll be in here by myself, and I'll be thinking, like, nah, I can wait for Todd or ask Jesse to help me put this up properly, or I can just take a nail and just hammer it in. It doesn't matter in that room because there were so many holes in it to begin with, right? So I got this, like, little messy office, and for, for the first year or so, every time it rained, I would have to put a bucket, my trash can, right in front of the leak, and I would have to make sure that there was nothing on my desk, on that side of my desk, because I'd come in, and everything would be watermarked, like everything would be all wet, because the, the, the roof would leak, and it would get my half my desk wet, get the carpet, you know, the flooring all wet, I couldn't have carpet in there, and, and then sometimes it would even leak down below. So I, you know, who do, what do I do? I first thing I do is I ask my husband, please, can you go fix this leak? And he's like, I can't even get up that high. You know, it's so high up. So we had to go rent a ladder. He came down, went up there the first time, looked around, didn't think, you know, like, well, I'll try this. I'll clean this out. I'll do this. You know, they, they tried everything they could. And, and then it still was leaking. So then I tried calling a residential or a, a roofing company here in town. They came, oh, no, we won't do that. It's too high. You got to call this company in Saginaw. 
So I called the company in Saginaw. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. They come. They look at it all. Yeah, we'll give you a quote. Six months go by, I hear nothing. So the next year comes around, last summer, and I, and I asked my husband, I said, please, can you go up there and fix the leak? Let's, let's, maybe we buy some products, right, and we do different things. And so he, he goes down and rents another ladder. He gets one of the other guys to help him. He goes up there, and he tries to, tries to fix it. Well, he moved the leak. It no longer leaked over my desk anymore. It moved, now it's running down the wall, the plaster walls. And, and if you're in construction, no, that's not good. So, you know, after he tried twice, and I called a couple different companies, I decided to do what I probably should have done the first time around, and I prayed. Now, this wasn't a very nice prayer. If you've heard this story already, you know, you know that I don't always have nice prayers. But God seems to love me anyway, right? Have you ever done that? Have you ever? And, I, and I told God, I said, God, you gave us this building you asked me to pastor. You told me to be here, and my office leaks. And I know you care just as much about this little leak as you do everything else in this building, in this community. So you know what? This is your responsibility. This is your place. This is, I'm obeying you. I'm doing what you told me to do. you got to fix the leak. Now remember, I did my best first, right? I asked somebody that I thought could try to fix it twice to go up there. I called two other companies, right? When we do our best... Then we ask God to do the rest. Some of us, we don't want to do our best. We just want a miracle, right? We don't want to save up money to buy the fridge. We just want a new fridge, right? Sometimes we have to do our best. Like, do everything you can in the natural. Do everything in the practical that you know to do, right? The Bible tells us to fast when we're not feeling well, right? We don't want to fast. We want a pill from the doctor, right? Because we know scientifically now that fasting can literally help regenerate your cells and your body. The science research coming out of UCLA right now is amazing, my point is, like, do everything you can first. Do your best, right? If you need help with something, call the experts. But if they've done everything they can and it's not good enough, then ask God. So I was at the point where I felt like I tried everything. I called the company. They told me would do this. I, we've gone up there twice. So, God, this is your building. I'm putting it on you. And now faith means that you don't worry or wonder about it anymore. Right? So I just, I asked God to take care of it and prayed for some dry, you know, weather, no more rain for that week. And I went on. So that was probably, I don't know, probably a Monday or Tuesday and a Sunday rolls around and I'm up here and I preach like normal and I look out, I can see most of who y'all are. Well, after service, a man walks up to me and I didn't recognize him. I didn't see him in service that day. And he's like, hi, my name is so-and-so and you got a problem with your roof over here. <laughs> I was like, Yep, I know I do. He goes, well, yeah, yeah, I, I'd like to, I, I'm a roofer. I'd like to see if I can help you out and what's going on and what can we do for you. Long story short, never called this guy. He didn't know anybody that attended our church. He literally would just drive by our church and kept feeling this nudge that something was wrong with our roof. He gets his guys up there. They figure out what's wrong with the bell tower. They fix the bell tower. Then they offer to help us with the, with the, uh, the roof on the outside because there was obviously leaks in there as well. And I didn't think we'd have the money to do it. He gets all the shingles donated from the shingle company. All of our plywood, you know, the, the, I call it OSB or something, like all the wood underneath the shingles were rotten. He gets Home Depot to give him half off on all the wood. He covers all the material, and he only charged us, by the time we were done with the 
bell tower and with the entire roof, and that's a big building if you've been over there and seen it, and roofs are expensive. He only charged us $5,000 for the whole thing. Isn't that God? And it wasn't, I mean, that's God, right? So the lack was not only did we weren't sure if we'd have the money to do it, but then we were also, it was trying to find somebody who would fix it. But I had to speak to the lack. I had to speak to the actual issue. And so God wants to help you where you have lack in your life as well. Now, Jesus spoke to many different things. And there's power in our words. And that's what I want us to really get. See, most of the time we speak to it and accept it. Yep, yep, yep. I'm broke and I'm always going to be broke. Well, what are you doing? You're speaking and claiming poverty. Why not speak to, like, okay, I need resources to come in. I need favor. I need to get a second job. I need, I need to know how to save some money, right? There's all different kinds of ways to make what you do have stretch or to increase what you have. So there's power in our words. Let's look here in Mark chapter 11, verse 22. This is Jesus. He says, Have faith in God, Jesus answered. Truly I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Now see, there's a lot here to this speaking to the lack because part of it is believing what you say. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes the first times you say a few things, you don't believe it. But guess what? Faith, right? You're saying out of faith. We, we heard a couple weeks ago where the father went to Jesus and says, help my unbelief, right? But he spoke what was true. Yes, I believe you can heal him, but help my unbelief, right? Because sometimes we say it, but we don't always believe it. I mean, think about it. It's kind of like when, you know, you get a new job and you get a promotion and they say, are you ready to do this? And you say, yes, I am. And you're like, no, I've never done it before. But you say it and you believe it in your heart and you go try it out. And then as you give confidence because it's been happening, then all of a sudden now, 10 years later, when somebody says to you, can you do this? You say, yeah, I can do this. But you had to step out in faith those first few times. I remember being 15 years old and the first time behind the wheel. Right? And the driver's trainer is like, you're going to drive. I'm going to drive. But deep down in my heart, all I felt was fear. But I had to say, I'm going to drive, and I'm going to be a good driver. And I had to practice it and practice it until I got confidence. Now, some of you who may have driven with me, you're kind of snickering right now. But not had a fender bender in many years, so we're good, right? But what's my point? You say it, and then as it becomes a reality, the confidence builds in your heart. Okay, so Jesus is saying, truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you receive it and it will be yours. Now, why could I be so confident with the roof and that this was God's building that he would do that? Well, then that leads you back to the building story. God told us years ago, there was a whole group of us. Some of you are here in this room back in 2013 to have a Great Lakes Dream Center for this community. For years, we raised money. We didn't have a building. We didn't know what we were going to do. Then all of a sudden, God opened up a door, and we were able to start meeting weekly. And 
But when that door shut and all of a sudden it was kind of like forcing us, like, oh, we had this free building before. Now it's like you got to go get your own building. It was like, all right, God, what do you want us to do? Now we had to do our best. We called real estate agents and said, show us all the big church buildings that are for sale in this community. Well, they showed us this one twice. And they showed us a few more. And the people that were with me that were all excited, they said, this is the one, Mary, this is the one. That's why they kept coming back to this one. And I was, the first time I walked through here, you guys, it was gross. It was like, I was like, oh, oh, I'm not cleaning that all up, and I'm not painting all that. And I, it just was overwhelming to me, because I always feel like I have to do all the work, you know. And I was like, oh, God, oh, I don't know. But then we looked at a couple buildings that were way worse, and I was like, okay, this one's not that bad. And, uh, but we did our best, you know, and I even go to the bank. I say, hey, we need a loan to get at this church building. We've been, you know, We've been collectively raising money since 2013. We've been officially with the state government since 2017. They said, nope, you don't have enough credit history here as a church. They said somebody would have to personally sign. Well, nobody personally wanted to sign for the building. So I went to God. I said, all right, we did our best. We looked at all the buildings that are available. We, we, we've been meeting, we've been raising money, we've been obedient to you since 2013. This was your idea, God. you got to figure it out. And guess what I did? I went on vacation. I went up north. I went to go visit some family and friends up north, and I'm out on a boat somewhere over a lake, and I'm just relaxing. I'm not worrying. I'm not wondering about the building because that wasn't my job. My job was to show up and do what I was told, and until God provided, that's all I was going to do. I did my best. I did everything I could do. I kid you not, I remember this so distinctly. Literally get a phone call. I'm up north on a lake. I get a phone call from the real estate agent who had showed us this building twice. And he says to me, Mary, the people that own the building, they really want to get you guys in there. They're willing to work with you. What do they have to do to get you in there? I said, oh, we'd love to have a building. I said, actually, after I saw the rest of them, yours was the best <laughs> and in the best location. And I said, but I can't get a loan from a bank. He said, oh, is that all? Now, to me, that was a big deal. Like, I'm thinking, um, yeah, that's all. If you can figure that out. He goes, let me make a few phone calls. He called me back that evening to say, ultimately, to say that him and his wife were going to buy the building and sell it to the church on land contract. Because they believed, and I only met this man twice. He lives down in Detroit area. He's not even around here. It's not like he knows who Todd and I are or who any of you are. He literally is just a Christian real estate agent that believed, and we just know it's God, right? So him and his wife went and took some of their investments, cashed them all out, went and paid for the building and sold it to us. That's God. The lack was, I don't know what we're going to do. But God came in, and I remember talking to people. They're like, what are we going to do? We're not going to have a building. I said, no, we'll have a building. We don't have to worry about it, though. See, that's faith. It's saying, I've got this lack, but guess what? If I know in my heart that God wants this for me, what are some basic things that God wants for you, right? Like, this was obvious as a building. I knew God had spoke to me that we were going to have a dream center, right? But maybe for some of you, the lack is a job. Well, you know the Bible says that we should put our hands to the plow, right? So you know God wants you to work. So then ask him. Say, I'm going to go apply to 20 places over the next two weeks. And then, God, it's on you. You open the door that's meant to be, right? For some of you, it's maybe, you know, um, resources. Maybe it's, it's a relationship, 
If God's called somebody together in a relationship, maybe you've got a child that's hurting or, or you've got something going on. You know what God wants love in your relationship? He wants you to have peace in your relationships. Ask him. Say, God, this is on you. I've done everything. Maybe you've gone to counseling. Maybe you've read your word. Maybe you've read some books on it. Whatever your lack is, there's some basic things. We know God wants us to be healed. We know God wants us to be prosperous. We know God wants us to have peace in our life. Ask him for it. But one of the most interesting things that Jesus ever did is he spoke to the fig tree. And he cursed it. Let's read about this story because I think this is the only one I'm going to get to today. But it's so good because sometimes the lack we have in our life is because of distraction. And let me tell you what I mean. In Matthew chapter 21, starting in verse 18... It says, early in the morning, as Jesus was on his way back to the city, he was hungry. That was lack, wasn't it? He had a lack of food, which resulted in hunger. Seeing a fig tree by the road, he went up to it, but found nothing on it except leaves. Now, this is a deserty area, and when the the leaves sprout, then that means the fruit comes on it. So, you know, Jesus knew this, and so he went over to it, expecting to grab a few figs to eat. But he found nothing on it except leaves. Then he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. Immediately the tree withered. When his disciples saw this, they were amazed. How did the fig tree wither so quickly, they asked. Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and do not doubt, Not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, go, throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Okay, well now, as modern-day American Christians, we read that, and we're like, okay, well, I don't go around cursing the trees in my yard or down at the park, right? We don't even have any mountains near us to, like, why would I want to move a mountain, right? But let's look at this from a lesson point of view, because this happened physically, literally. And that's why the disciples were like, oh, this is God, right? Because this was things that you couldn't explain. But everything he did has a meaning, and we can apply it to our lives. What Jesus saw was false hope. He saw something, and he was counting on that to be his provider, But then when he actually went up to it and expected to get the nourishment from it, it had nothing. And so he said, I'm going to curse you. So you can't provide false hope for anybody else. What are some things in our lives that provide us false hope? For some of us, it's alcohol. Oh, if I go home and drink tonight, I'll feel better about my work day. Does that actually give you any fruit in your life? Does that actually give you nourishment in your life? No, the lack, what you need maybe is conversation. Maybe you need to talk to somebody about the day you just had. And instead, because you have a lack of not having anybody to converse with that night, instead you turn to the alcohol because you're home alone and that's there to comfort you, right? For some of us, it's a lack in our relationships. Maybe you do have somebody to talk to at night, but there's no peace in the relationship And so what do you do? You find false hope in the TV shows or in Facebook or 
or whatever, and you go and you, and you ignore the people around you because there's no peace, the lack is peace, and the false hope of just, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to zone out. I just need my own private time, right? Maybe for some of you, the fig tree in your life is, you know, maybe they're all oh, just going to do this, this, this program here, this program that is supposed to be a stopgap program that's going to help me. Now it becomes this comfort, and that's all I go to, and I'm lacking in this other area, right? Or for some of us, it is, you know, of course, there's drugs, there's pornography. Oh, we don't want to talk about that in church. That doesn't give anybody false hope, does it? You're lacking something else in a relationship that you really should be getting that is going to be fruitful to your life. And again, you're going to a fig tree with no figs, right? You walk up to it, it's this distraction, you go to it. Maybe it's a promise of a job. I know people, oh no, Mary, my cousin promised me. Well, that was a year ago, and the promise hasn't come through. That is a fig tree with no figs. It's time to curse it, recognize it for what it is in your life, and speak to the lack, and say, I need favor in this area. Right? I've talked to, to people when they're dating. Oh, they're going to change, or this is what's going to happen, or this is going to happen in my relationship. It's this false hope. What you need to do is you need to speak to the mountain, right, that is blocking the way and move it out of your way so you can get to where you're going. Or you need to dry up this distraction that makes you go on this path looking for the food or looking for what you need rather than to find what you really need in your heart. Now, each one of you has something different going on, right? We've got young people here that they don't know what they want to do with their life, right? Maybe they don't know the directions. I mean, we got some 30 and 40-year-olds that don't know what to do what they do. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, Barry. Well, let's work on growing up part. <laughs> then we'll figure out what you want to be, right? The Bible talks about us getting to a place of maturity, says the baby Christians get the milk of the word, but as they grow, then they get the meat of the word, right? That's why, you know, some people come to the extra Bible studies. That's why some people fill out the pastoral visitation requests and want to sit down and talk with me a little bit more. You, you don't ever come into the office and talk to me without getting a book, getting an earful, getting some sort of prayer card. You're getting something, right? Because the point is to grow you up, to kind of show you, to help you. You know, you call your girlfriends up to call and just tell them for an hour all your problems, and they say, oh, I'm sorry, and they hang up. You come to a pastor because a pastor takes the sheep and says, why are you limping? And they might have to shave the fur off. They might have to go, and they might have to stick their finger in there and pull all the splinters. Then they might have to put some salve on it, and you might actually hurt a little worse when you walk away from the shepherd. But guess what? Then healing begins to set it. And sometimes you got to go back for a checkup once in a while. So I don't know what the lack is in your life. Some of you, it might be obvious, right? And there might be something here that I've said this morning that's going to help you. For some of you, you might be like, oh, I want to come in and talk to somebody. You know, if, if you're struggling with recovery, we've got a recovery pastor. Pastor Melissa has worked in that field for decades now. I don't want to date you at all, Melissa, but at least 20 years, wouldn't you say, that you've been... <laughs> And that, you know, in the last 10 years, you know, trained and working in that, you know, if you need help as a, maybe as you're a single mom, you've been divorced and you're struggling. Well, guess what? We've got the women's ministry leader, Marlene Mika. She's been there, done that. She's here to help you and to minister to you. 
You know, men, if you're struggling with anger, frustration, pornography, all kinds of things, Eric is willing to talk with you. I've, we've had even some guys that have come in with Eric to the office with me. You know, it's like then you get the pastoral perspective. And you don't have to sit there all alone. Eric will come in and sit with you and hang out, you know, and we'll, we'll all talk about the struggles that we're going through. But you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do this alone. I don't know where the lack is in your life. But most of the time, the lack in our body, hunger, it's easy to identify. We know what hunger pains feel like. Most of us do. Maybe some of you don't. If you don't, just skip lunch. You'll know what it feels like. You won't die, I promise. And wait and have dinner tonight, and you'll understand that hunger pain, that your body physically tells you when it's hungry. But most of us don't know what soul hunger pains feel like or spirit hunger pains feel like, that our spirit is lacking something, that our soul and our relationships are lacking something. We know what the symptoms look like, though, right? Broken relationships, anger, frustration, seeking out something to comfort us, false comforts. So your lack might be something easy to identify, but it might not. Maybe you've got the symptoms, but you don't know where the root is. Pray and ask the Lord. Speak to the lack. Say, lack, expose yourself. Show me what's going on. Show me what I'm missing. Show me what I need. Some of you might have a dream, and you might call the church office Monday morning and be like, please tell Pastor Mary that I had a dream, and that I realized that when my dad left when I was two years old, that I started going to comfort for this or going in this type of direction. Or maybe when I was 15 years old and I got drunk one night and I had a bad car accident, and the guilt of that has just, just been on there. I just I want to pray with him. I want to talk to somebody. Or maybe some of you are going to be like, man, I went home. I really thought about it last night, and I realized this is where I'm lacking. And I'm going to start coming to Bible study or I'm going to start, you know, calling my mom and checking on her once in a while. And all of a sudden you're going to start realizing that what you are going to for false comfort, that fig tree that has no fruit, no longer appeals to you anymore because it's been exposed. I'm going to pray for all of you. Father God, as we continue learning about all the different things we can speak to, and, and next week as we continue to look at lack and, and how we might have things, but it's just not enough. Like when Jesus had the fish and the loaves, and he had just a few for 5,000 people, and how he spoke to it, and it multiplied. Or when Moses went to the rock, and it, he needed a miracle. There was no water. But yet he spoke to the rock, and miraculously, water appeared. We need to know how to speak to these things in our lives. Because we have areas in our life where we just have something, but it's not enough. Maybe we have love for our spouse, but it's just not enough right now. Maybe we have, we have a desire to work, but it's just not enough right now. Maybe we have nothing, and we know we need it. But before we can deal with those areas, we need to deal with this false comfort. So many of us have lack, and instead of even recognizing the lack, we just go to the trees, the fig trees with no fruit. We keep going back expecting that one day it's going to give us some fruit. But the alcohol never gives us the fruit we need. The ignoring our spouse never gives us the fruit we need. The, the not calling our family member because we're mad at them never gives us the fruit we need. Whether it's spirit, soul, or body, Father God, we have distractions in our life. So I just pray for every single person here that has been going to a fig tree with no figs and you've been looking to it for comfort 
I pray in the name of Jesus that it exposes itself to you this week. That when you reach for Netflix or the cell phone, the Facebook, the alcohol, the drugs, the, the, the bitterness and ignoring or not doing what you know you need to do because you think that this false comfort is going to help you, that it's exposed and you recognize it for what it is. And then just like Jesus says, I curse you, wither up and die, that you will be bold enough to say, I curse you, and I no longer want to reach for you for comfort. Jesus, help me. And that just like that tree instantly withered up, when we use the name of Jesus, that our false comforts, comforts and our desires for them will wither up, and we will no longer reach for them. But instead, we'll do the hard work to bring restoration to those relationships in our life or the hard work of seeking out what we truly need. I love you, Lord, and I love these people, and I thank you for this message. Help them, Father God. Recognize the false comforts they reach to and help them recognize where the true lack lies and how they can get help. Give them favor, give them boldness and courage to do what they need to do this week to change their lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Don't forget the blessing shop is open downstairs. There's lots of sign-ups in the back if you're interested in helping in any way. And the welcome booth has gifts. If you need anything, please check with them. Thank you. God bless.